Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, September 26, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Let's start with the obvious. We'll work backwards and then we'll circle back and work forwards. That'll all become clear as we go along the way. They're basically running a test of the June lows. That's kind of where we are from the big picture stuff. 362.17 is the low. They didn't get there before the close, but they're killing the tape a little bit after the close. So they're running a test of those lows. However, let's assume for a second they do not find support at those lows. They could have rallied up this week. They could have rallied up today, meaning because they ran a test in the vicinity of those lows on Friday, they tried to rally today and they crapped out. They finished not on the lows, near the lows, and then they killed them into the close, meaning into the regular session close. And then after the 4 p.m. close, the futures were getting killed further. That's what we call the post-market thieves. Since we don't have anything to look at on the daily chart other than the June lows, let's flip over to a weekly time frame. Now, as a refresher, we're hovering above that 200-week or 200-period moving average. And by the way, we don't need this trend line anymore. It's obviously working. It just mucks up the chart. Let's get back to the 200-period moving average. So what we do know is that when they came close down here and they bounced away, that diminished the importance of that 200-period moving average. They came close enough to say, look at the tremendous bounce away they got. That means that the next time down, it's not the same thing because they're not coming from afar. They've already been to the neighborhood. They've already checked out some of the stores. However, we have to be aware of a couple of other things. Bigger picture is, They're going lower whether it's now or later. Remember those now or later things? I think they were called now and later things. It was a candy. Probably still is. Either way, they're going lower. The question is, do they have some kind of a bounce slash short squeeze slash rip your face off rally to an extent before they go a lot lower? So here's the scenario number one. They flush them lower. The head and shoulders target plays out. They're down below 340, give or take. We'll refine that type of number if and when we need it in the short run. But that is the minimum required target to satisfy the head and shoulders pattern that seems to be playing out. The question is, is it going to play out sooner than later? So scenario one is they flush the market. They just keep going lower. They satisfy that target. Maybe they bounce. Maybe they don't right away, but we'll assess the situation at the time. We don't have to worry about where and when they bounce if they haven't got there yet. I'll have the numbers. Okay, scenario number two is they actually run a test of the 200 period moving average, spike it through a little bit, make it look like things are going to collapse, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, they reverse the tape, and they all of a sudden begin a rescue slash recovery operation. Now that's scenario number two, And the main question is, why would that take place? What kind of information slash evidence do we have that that may be a possible scenario on the table? Well, we're in an on-time type of situation. 
Now, it's on time from a slightly longer-term perspective, so what that means is we don't necessarily know we're going to have a turnaround Tuesday, although we could have a turnaround Tuesday. They could kill the market all the way into Friday, and then they could start to run a rescue-slash-recovery operation at the end of the week-slash-beginning of next week, but we are in an on-time type of situation. However, there's a twist. But wait, there's more. And what I mean by that is they could still do half of one and some of the other. What do I mean by that? Sounds kind of kooky. Well, here it is. They cannot finish the head and shoulders target on the downside, meaning all the way down to, let's say, SPY 340 plus or minus something bigger or smaller than a bread box. They could split the difference. They could spike through with pretty good authority this 200-week moving average, making traders believe who thought that the market was going to bounce at that price level, and then they end up issuing a pie in the face to the long buyers at that moving average, and they end up going to a different price. Where would that price be? Well, check this out. Put this one on for size. We're taking 365 off the board. We don't need it anymore. I frequently talk about unfinished business. Is there a piece of unfinished business down in that vicinity that would A, trick traders who are trying to buy the market long around that 200 period moving average, and also trick traders who are thinking that the whole thing on the downside is going to play out to target in the 340 plus or minus range? Where is that spot? Where is the unfinished business? Why is it important? 350.16 is that number. Put it on a sticky note. And here, the low is 350.51, which means we have officially unfinished business. But wait, there's more. We have that discussion that we have frequently about former breakout and former breakdown areas. So somewhere in here is or are those spots. And the reason I use plural is because there can and normally are more than one. So what am I talking about? Well, check it out. So the market already came back down to run a test of this area. And we can make a pretty good case that at the time, they ran a test of a former breakout area and they had a pretty nice, healthy bounce away from that area. Now they're coming back, so they've already done the thing. But, but... Have they done the entire thing? So check this out. Let's get rid of that line. And we'll use this conversation. So we know the market ran up over here. Look to the left. This is where I am. And then it pulled back, which tells us that this area up here, specifically this price at the time, but this area is important. They tried to bounce up again. They pulled back. They bounced up again. They closed at that area on the week when this all happened. Then they gapped up the following week and they took off never to return until maybe now. So check this out. The fact that they gapped up and they tried to run a test of that gap and tried to fill that gap. And you know what we always say? I say this inside the numbers. I say it in these videos. When they come up short and they take off, it's bullish for the time being. And then obviously as time goes on and they get farther and farther away from the gap, it becomes obviously it was a bullish thing. At the time, you don't exactly know on that day, in that hour. So when they start to bounce away, you say, well, they're either going to come back to fill the gap and maybe go lower, or that is a bullish signal and they're going to take off. So in this case, they took off. 
Now they're coming back. They're going to fill that gap, right? So we know that. It's unfinished business. The question is, do they go all the way down to complete the head and shoulders pattern on this move? Or if they do go lower this week, do they spike through the 200 period moving average, complete the unfinished business in the process, making everybody think they're going a lot lower, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, something happens, they reverse the market either intraday or you have one of those morning gap and reversals. Either way, something happens and all of a sudden the market puts in a sign or signal of a trend change. These are things that are taught in my course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, shameless plug. And what that does is it gives us something to trade against knowing where we're wrong, which would be that current low after the sign or signal of a trend change. That's scenario number two. Scenario number C is they actually bounce the tape before you know it, they start rallying the tape, and then they come back down after making another lower high. So those are the three schematics or possible schematics that I see going forward in the short run. And remember, Write this down, put it on a sticky. A, we have unfinished business down there at 350. And by the way, did I mention it's a big fat round number? So the closer price comes, they become magnetic. They draw price in. They don't necessarily have to bounce at 350.16. They spike it through. They go down to 349, 348.5, 349.99, whatever it is at the time. And then they start to bounce the tape. Just add that. That's like an annex to that scenario. Remember. Put this on the sticky note. We're in an on-time type of situation. Doesn't mean they can't flush the tape and still be on time by the end of the week. We're in the zone from a time perspective. So yes, therefore, we're using air quotes here. We're looking for a low. Gave you a couple of possible places this week. If we see those possible places this week, it's going to become very interesting. And by the way, let me add one more item to the mix. Here's the monthly chart. There's the 350.16, and it's right on top of what? How about the 50-month moving average? How you doing? It's really in the same position like the weekly chart was to the 200-period moving average. They kind of made an attempt. They bounced away, and here they come again. Are they just going to slice it through like a hot knife through butter, or are they going to touch it, spike it through a little bit, and find some kind of interim support for another bounce possible operation. And there you have it. Now wait till you see this. Work with me on this. I'm going to show you how when you identify the morning pivot, more often than not, and this is how we do it inside the numbers each and every day when it's available, when you can identify the morning pivot and they're away from that pivot, whether it's up or down, there's generally a trade either to or at the morning pivot. And you're going to see that today. It's an interesting phenomenon. Happy Monday. The sellers are back and we've got another shade of red on the screen at zero dark 30. Today was Rosh Hashanah, therefore the live room was closed and volume was expected to be light due to a traditional lack of participation. I'm not sure volume was all that light by the end of the day. Either way, it doesn't mean the market can't go up or down a lot of points. It was about the participation. It's an awareness. Also worth mentioning today was it was National Pancake Day. As for the S&P, 
They're hovering around the June lows. They haven't run a complete test all the way down there, but they came close last Friday. They either hold and bounce or they don't. It's that simple when they get to these type of areas. It's binary. The bulls would have to recapture 366 and a quarter to get anything going in the northbound lane. Write that number down. It may come up later. They were below this at the time of this writing at zero dark 30. Then they can try and get above 368.75, which is magnetic and overhead resistance. Write that down. Above will handle in a real-time type of formation. What if they give up the June low? Remember, this is all setting up the day. This is the pregame warm-up routine. What if they give up the June low? Well, the door opens for what? Well, that 200-period moving average on the weekly chart, 357.50, give or take. And that number was for a different reason, but coincided with that 50-period moving average or 200-period moving average. Got my moving averages mixed up. And of course, not all at once, but that was the big picture type of thing early in the morning. It would be the dominant thing if they started to fall and they started to even get close. It would basically pull price in. That's how it works. If you're getting a hard sell and all that stuff. But we have numbers in between. Let's scroll up and see what we have as the day begins to get underway. So by 8.51, I'm saying they're doing the thing where they creep back up near the flat line before the opening bell. They do that a lot. They're killing the tape when you wake up in the morning. And then all of a sudden, as it gets closer to 9 o'clock, 9.10, 9.15, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's a rally close to the flat line from where they closed the previous day. They make an attempt. They fill a gap. They miss it. They do that stuff all the time. Question was, is it a test or more? Mrs. Market will tell us around the open. Actually, Mr. Frost will tell us around the open. And what I mean by that is 9.15, and there you have it. 366 and a quarter is our pivot. Remember, I told you to write that down. Above, and the door is open for a test of the other number, 367.75, and then 369. We'll call that a zone of magnetic-ish overhead resistance. Below, the pivot opens the door for a test of 364.50. So let's get our faculties for a second. There's a lot of numbers up there. Let's see how they panned out. We think better in pictures. So let's get our faculties with the five-minute SPY chart. Right in the vertical is today's activity, and I want to bring your attention to the opening print, 366.43, which was above the pivot, the pivot being 366 and a quarter. Let's move along a little bit, see what else we have about 921, nine minutes before the opening bell. Here's an idea. Under normal market conditions, they would come back to run a test of the pivot around 366.25, give or take. This is a chart that includes the pre-market data. I want to bring your attention to 9.20 a.m. This is the reason for the post. They were well above that pivot in terms of short-term intraday stuff. The high of this candle was 367.33, so they're basically more than... 10 S&P handles away at the time, over a dollar in the spider. Back to the idea. If they start getting below, the bears have the ball. However, if they bounce, and they can, they'll try and make a run for the zone beginning around 367.75. So for you home gamers out there, I'm handing you an idea that in my mind should give you 15 S&P handles, a buck and a half at minimum in the SPY. No guarantees it'll work, but this was the idea. Therefore, traders who understand the risk and the other side can buy 366 and a quarter, give or take, 
for a bounce back in the other direction. If they start closing candles below the pivot, it's going to be wrong and the door will open for 364.50. Pictures. They open the market. They immediately drop the tape to run a test of the pivot. The low in this candle is 366.06. They turn around, immediately go back up in the other direction to the zone cited for inside the number members where they know where to exit. 367.75 was the first one. That was your initial 15 handles. Any trailer that you're holding, 369, and they even went higher to get above 370, making a high of 370.21 before collapsing back down in the other direction. The idea was before the bell. Okay, fair enough. Let's move along. So at 9.30, doing it right out of the gate makes it a little tricky, of course. It's important. 366.25. By 9.31, there you have it. Traders that bought it right out of the gate need to book profit along the way to the target. And here's where we take the W a little bit. Hard to come up with a trade layout that worked out that quick. The rest is trader's choice. It was one heck of an idea posted before the bell. Nice trade. 936, 369 is important, magnetic, and overhead resistance. If tested in a hurry formation, they're likely to have a reaction back down in the other direction. Scalp-worthy for traders looking for that kind of a thing. Now watch this. The high in this candle is exactly on the button, 369 bucks. What happened two candles later, and this is a five-minute chart, so 10 minutes later, the low is 367.38. Traders who took the long took the ride. Traders who took the short took the ride. We're six minutes into the day. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. I urge you, if you're active in the market during the trading day, to read these notes and do the work. Do the double checking. We talked about 364.50. By getting below the pivot, they did, in fact, visit 364.50. It's a target, and it also produced some kind of bounce back in the other direction, They vacillated around that number for a while in the afternoon, and look what happened into the end of the day. While they ran a test before the close, this candle has a low of 364.56. They rallied them, and then they shot them back down to close pretty much around that number. Now remember, these numbers I'm giving you are rounded figures. They could have closed on the number. Read the notes. Go back to the charts to double-check the work. We will, in fact, circle back to stocks on the move. However, there was a couple of things trade-worthy this morning. We had four up on the board, and I put Apple, Amazon, and Alcoa was moving, and Logitech was moving a little bit. But the reason I put Apple and Amazon, because if the whole market was going to go lower, then at least we knew some of these numbers in Apple and Amazon were good for a bounce. So if they were reached today, certainly trade-worthy, although they weren't all that close, even around the opening bell. They were in the never-know camp. But nothing ended up hitting its entry target, so no trades today. Have no fear, earnings season is around the corner. Can you imagine the volatility around earnings season when the market's in the state like it is now? It's going to be a rodeo day after day after day. This is, once again, the quiet before the storm. What's going on over in Camp IWM? We no longer need this trend line. You see how that's working out. We need the weekly chart to see where we really are, and where we really are is in the same position as the SPY, They're retesting the June lows. Now, if they break the June lows, there's numbers below, but look where they are in relation to or as compared to 
the S&P 500. Now, in terms of the weekly chart, they're below all the moving averages. That's a weaker position than the S&P is in. And by the way, this is my favorite market-leading indicator. So that's of note. It's a puzzle piece, and it's certainly on the table. Here's the problem with the nearest number. They already came too close to say it's a bona fide support area. It is, however, they've already bounced away tremendously from this number that was not reached, and it is, in my mind, the way my work unfolds, unfinished business in IWM camp. So I had to come up with a lower number in case they're flushing the tape, and 154.35 is that number. It would be hard for the market to get much below 154.35 from an intraday perspective if reached sooner than later without having some kind of bull-bear battle slash snapback operation at minimum from an intraday perspective. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Again, the daily chart's not telling us anything. So we flip over to the weekly version, and what do we find? We find them closing last week below the 200-week moving average. That's bearish just by itself. And you see the problem when they come to these moving averages and don't hit them. They come close and they bounce away. Next time down, they're not the same. They cut through it and they close below it on the week they touched it. Under normal garden variety conditions, if they actually did that here, there was more likely a bounce away from that moving average. But the fact that they already came too close diminishes the importance and that whole conversation comes to the forefront. 11,615 is some unfinished business. Put that on the sticky note. We'll just stay on the weekly charts. We don't need this line anymore. And the Q people are at the 200-week moving average. So you see what's going on here. They're either going to bust through all these moving averages and go a lot lower, scaring the bejesus out of people, or they're going to find some support at some of them, maybe not others, and then they're going to find some support and bounce the tape. Either way, remember, we're on an on-time type of situation, so my antennas are up. That doesn't mean you indiscriminately buy the tape. It means your antennas are up and you're looking for a number, you're looking for a sign or a signal of a trend change, you're looking for a test of an important spot, you're looking for a combination of all that stuff, you're looking for a full stack. XLF, same position as all the other stuff. You can see here the importance of this low is $30.37. It was tested today, the low is $30.34, and they bounced off of it just by a little bit, closed above it. That's not an accident or coincidence, but that's by design, at least for today. This is a weekly chart. It only matters where they close by Friday at 4 p.m. Smash Mouth, same position as all the other stuff. They're hovering on the 200-week moving average. It would be unique for them not to hit the 200-week moving average at least this week and bounce away. It's too close. They need to do it. That's what would happen under normal garden variety conditions using the 80-20 rule, and that's basically the way it works. If they are caught this week in the on-time type of situation, you're going to be looking for support beginning around 182.60. They can certainly go lower than that, but that's a number that came out of the calculator, so that's where we begin to look for those signs and signals of a trend change. We're in an on-time type of situation. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. 
my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.